Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up? Tuesday. How's everybody's yeah, Tuesday yeah, yeah. going? I mean, it is happy Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, happy Tuesday, down. man. It's happy Tuesday. Tuesday. I'm Sunday, Sunday's line, over, man. you know, like two days ago. If everybody can count. You know, sometimes I mess up on my count, but yeah, yeah it was two days ago. Seems like a long time ago now, right? It does. We've watched the film. We moved on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would have watched the film and I wouldn't have slept on a Sunday night. And then I, I wouldn't have been able to sleep after Monday night. After watching, I would have went in and left away. Today is what I would have done Monday. You know, you go and watch films. You get a little jog through, you know, lift weights. I would have got there before we had the meeting. I would have lift weights because I'm pissed off for greatness. Right. And uh, at that time, that's where my mindset was when I was a youngster. And then uh, I would have gotten the cold tub, would have got my massage already before I came in too as well. That would have been set up at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and then I uh, would have gotten the cold tub. Stem, uh, lift weights, and then after watching the tape, I would have been all that fretting. Man, it's never as bad as it seems. It's never as good as you think when you do really well and you win. Ultimately, all you do want is just want to win, regardless of how well you played. Uh, so I, I think you'll come away saying, mm, everybody took their turns of making a mistake. Now, did they earn some of their plays, and was there some great plays that they made, uh, you know, the Cardinals? Uh, yes, they did. But, you know, they're going to make plays, especially uh, in this kind of game, especially with a you know quarterback running around with that kind of talent. Uh, I, I think uh, probably it's probably a handful of guys will walk away not feeling that way. And, and who would lead that list was Lawan. Uh But the rest of the guys are going to say, ah, I missed that one critical block, you know, and I probably should have got him. It cost us the sack there. They did a, you know, IT stunt, and I didn't pick it up. He slipped off of me. You know, that might have been the, you know, that impacted the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you, you, you walk away. You, you're not happy. No, 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 don't get it twisted. But you're not saying, oh, man, every player goes in that meeting like it was absolutely their fault they lost. And as a competitor, the next day, which is, uh, you know, Wednesday, you go out there and you practice to improve on all those little bitty things, not only on the field, but off the field especially playing a team that you don't play a lot. I think this team, we played the Seahawks, uh, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Two, yeah, yeah, here. So did we win the game or did we lose? It was. I thought I thought Russell Wilson came back and beat him. Uh, I, I think they beat him a few years ago, maybe when DeMarco Murray had the long run, then I think the Seahawks might have won the last one. Anytime we get into this, I'm thinking, I yeah. should remember this, yeah, but I, I don't. never remember. But uh, so, yeah, so I'm that's kind of where you're at. Uh, but you're going to be hungry. And guess what? Seattle may be a little fat, you know, from, you know, hey, we played pretty well on the road, went all the way to Indy. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Titans come back out and look like a totally different team and come away with a win against the Seahawks in the hostile environment in the NFL with the 12th man. And it's got to be one of the loudest stadiums, outdoor stadiums that that I've ever uh, played in. When I was playing, though, the best was uh, here. It wasn't Nissan Stadium. It was uh, Adelphia at the time. Uh, so, yeah, Did it's you, just going to be interesting. You and Dyson both said this after the game, and I thought this was interesting because people are mad about everything. Like, everybody sucked the whole game, and everybody was terrible the whole game, and nobody did anything right. That's Like, fans want to call in and say that. Like, nobody did anything any good. Right, right. And you and Dyson both said, no, here's what they're going to find when they watch the film. Ten guys did their, play, their job on a – on maybe a running a running play by Henry, but one guy missed his block. Well, and I'm not, I don't mean to pick on Lawan, but like the first play of the game, right? With Chandler Jones, they ran 
to his side. Mm-hmm. Chandler Jones is supposed to be in contain. He rips and comes inside of Lawan and makes a two or three yard you know tackle for loss. Yep. Now if he misses or if you get a chance to hang on to him just enough to make him you know go down the line instead of getting you know penetration. Right. You know, which was a shocker that he did that. That was a huge risk by him, by the way, because if he misses on that, Henry's out the gate. And that's the fine line of winning and losing in the National Football League. That's just one play. One play. Yeah, so, yeah, I, and I know it looked bad, but it was some guys out there. I mean, Simmons, uh, I went back and watched. Simmons played solid. He definitely was running down the field after the ball. And stuff. So I, I wanted him to have that same zeal and zest after go after quarterback a little bit better, but it's hard as being picky. Um, I, I thought Dupree played hard. I thought he got tired, as I thought, because he hadn't been playing in a live game, coming off an injury, and it, it was human out there. So yeah, it was. The guys who hadn't been playing, it's a different different deal. And next game, it'll be probably a little bit easier. Uh, and actually, I said Fulton immediately after the game on Titans Radio there in the postgame show. Uh, those are the guys that kind of still stood out. Uh, defensively, offensively, you know, you can't really say too much. I, I was disappointed because we're expecting, you know, 30 points or more. And added with Julio Jones. Uh, so, and I know Vrabel kind of ripped him, uh, you know, for the penalty and everything else. Uh, I think if you go look at the history of Julio Jones, that play probably has never happened. Maybe once over his 10-year career. You know, sometimes I thought the referee should have walked away because they really were just going back and forth, pushing each other in, in the in the upper body or maybe even face. Right. I don't I don't think it was a a punch thrown, but I could see how someone perceived that. But early in the game like that, I would have ran up and said, "Hey, hey, hey, cut that out! If I see that again, I'm gonna give a penalty on one of y'all." Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that that's happened to me numerous times. And what happens is you want to get the last little shove. Right. At, at the end of the day. Or you got to be smart enough. Once you get away with that, you go, oh, dang, he could have caught a penalty on me. Uh, maybe I should just walk away after he shoved me in the face and just take it out on him next time. Just hit him in the knee or something. <laughs> yeah, see, you get you get a little dirty and testy because you got to find a way to get that out of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you felt like he pushed me at the end, and if I retaliate, I'm going to get caught. And just no different than like you're in high school, right? If somebody hits you, throw a spitball at you, remember that? You know, you're like, oh, I know who did that. And then you spitball back one back to him. You get in trouble. You get in trouble. Every yeah, time. So, so, yeah, that, that's kind of how it was. Uh, I know the excitement and the fans are disappointed like we all are. Uh, but it's just one loss, whether you lost by one point or, uh, you know, 70 points. So you got to flush it and move forward. Now, when I say flush, that means you don't forget. Mm-hmm. But you say Okay, that was what I was on tape this week. Let's see what I am this next week. And I dag on shore. All my teammates saw me, and they saw what I looked like, and that will never happen again like that. Not like that. So, uh, and, and, and I think it's, you know, the ownership goes with the coach, mm-hmm. head coach and the coaching staff, and the leadership group of the team. Because you are supposed to be able to make sure everybody is ready to rock and roll. Uh, so, but the effort was there. Effort was there. Set the uh, Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. I think Jason wants to kind of keep the uh, Tyson the Titans talk going. Jason in the borough. Thanks for calling Blaine and Mickey. 
Uh, yes, I'm trying to figure out. Thank you for taking my call. I'm trying to figure out who the Mike Vrabel think he is, criticizing Julio Jones like that when Chandler Jones had five sacks. Did he call that some dumb SHI? I'm not a Tennessee fan. I actually love what he's doing, dividing Tennessee up like this, whatever. But Vrabel has no credibility calling out Julio Jones like that when that one play did not cause Kyle Murray to play a video game on Tennessee Titans like he did Sunday. And I just want to hear y'all's uh, comments. Could you please keep me on the radio if I can hear the comments? But I think that was very out of line on Mike Vrabel, which he has not uh, accomplished anything as a head coach to be able to call out a future Hall of Famer like that. I think that was very stupid, but I love it because I'm not a Tennessee Titans fan. So, thank you. <laughs> well, there you go, Jason. I'll put you on hold. Well, uh, old Lucas there says he has that comic, correct there, Lucas? Oh, yeah, Mr. Johnny on the spot. Let's. Uh, this is what the caller, Jason, is talking about. This was Monday. Yesterday's news conference came up about Julio's penalty. This is what Mike Rabel said. Critical mistake. You know, I don't think that – those are absolutely that's that's absolutely nothing that that we coach or teach you know so that would fall into the category of doing dumb shit that hurts the team uh, right there uh, in bold letters goes from third and one to third and 16. Hmm. well my, my point here <laughs> well <laughs> i'm gonna say this a coach can call out any player or anything Hall of Fame or not, and I don't care what his pedigree is as far as, you know, whether he is as a head coach. He is the head coach. He can call you out. Now, what I don't like is that he called out Julio Jones for making a dumb you-know-what play when he basically did the same thing to the media saying the word, you know, poop on air, and we had to dump it. So, you know, be tactful. Now, behind the scenes, he can say, whatever he wants because people don't understand you know the head coach position coaches are ripping guys all day long in the meeting room so that was already done that was done in front of the team everything guaranteed because guess what you want to send the signal to your best players that way everybody else falls in line so i don't i don't know if it really mattered if he did it publicly if you're secure enough in you as a head coach you don't need to do that uh publicly because you did it behind doors uh, so, you know, so it is his prerogative. I, I don't have any issue with it when you do something egregious as it was. Uh, it cost it cost him. Mm-hmm. It cost him. So, no, I, I have no problem with it at all. Now, uh, at the same time, what he's talking about, uh, Lawan, I, I think, yeah, he should have called him out, too, as well, because what's expected by pay is expected and the expectations are higher. And I say the same thing for the head coach. You are the face of the organization. So if you're going to say something uh, that we can't even say on air and that you shouldn't be saying because it's, you can't do it, then you shouldn't be doing it. So you, you should be just as much fine for what you said, just like you can find Julio for that egregious penalty if you want. Yeah. So uh, to me, the leaders and the best players should always be high, held to a higher standard than the rest of the players. And that's publicly uh, for sure and in games. As a coach, yeah, you, you know, you represent the organization. Uh, I, I think everybody understands that Julio and Lawan weren't doing those things on purpose. Right. Right. Did they do something dumb? Yeah, well, Lawan just got beat. So of all the things that should have been called out, I'm with the caller is, they should have called him out. Or Lawan should have been available for interviews after the game. I, I don't know if he was getting treatment 
because of the knee or not. So you can't say that, but uh, th- there's been a day or two since. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. But I, I don't have any issue with coaches calling somebody out when they do uh, dumb poop. Yeah, as uh, Vrabel said. <laughs> Should he have said poop? Uh, yeah, because I think it, because you have to make light of it publicly, and people could think you're serious. You know who you are. You know you the you the master of this team. Right. You're the leader. Yeah, you came in and ripped him. I would have had a video of that up of other plays, bad plays, as well as the egregious penalty that he got, and say this is what losing teams do. Do you want to be a loser or a winner? Because that play right there, Julio, is a losing play. LaJuan, that's losing play. Whoever else you want to pull out and give the examples of bad play. And this is why we lost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they go every week I'm doing it. Yeah, because then those cost you at the end of the day if you're in a close game. No different than what I said about the kicking game. Right. It's going to – NFL, you, all the games are close usually. You know, the first two or three weeks is kind of hectic because you never know what you're going to get out of a team. So it doesn't dictate how well or how good you'll be that season. The real question is, how do you respond to that butt whooping? That, that's the true question. That doesn't mean you have to win, but you, you want to win. But that, yeah, you don't put a product out there like that. That, that team wasn't ready to go. So it, it's all on the head coach, uh, leaders of the team, leadership group, and the coaching staff, that 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 was that that was flat. That that I hadn't seen that out of a Vrabel team since really he's been here. Maybe his first season it was up and down. It happened every three or four game, maybe, if I can recall. But no, nah, that not like that. And with expectations so high. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about this as a team that's going to win its division. We thought a team that's going to win eleven games or so. I, I mean, you you could lose seven and still win eleven. That start was not what anybody expected. Uh, great call and, and great answer from Blaine. And here's what we got to do. We do need to take a break. Uh, Jimmy Himes set to join us next. Lots going on with the Vols. We'll hit that. We'll continue to take Titans calls, though. Anytime we don't have a guest, we want to hear from you. Coach Mack will join us in hour number two. You got questions for Coach Mack? You can hold some for then. He loves to have call-in questions. So it's going to be our show and your show. We got uh, about an hour and 45 minutes or so left. So don't go anywhere. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, We're waiting on Jimmy Himes. Luke has got his voicemail, but there are Titans callers who want to talk Titans and Mike Vrabel. So, Doug, Anthony, here we go. Let's just go straight back to the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline and talk to you guys. Doug, thanks for checking in with uh, Blaine and Mickey. Hey, guys. uh, What's going on? I want to present this question or statement to the hit man who I only have the jersey of, none of no other Titans. Sweet. (laughs) I'm with you on the egregious film footage to put up in the in the uh, film room oh, yeah. of uh, uh, Julio Jones and, and heck, it'd be half a film study time to put up Lawan. But what do you do when you've crossed the line to where players say, hey, what about you, coach? Because clearly it was a bad coaching job. They didn't look good from the picking of the kicker to the plays that they called. So what do you do to counteract and say, hey, you know, point the finger at yourself as a coach? We also did some bad things, and I'll hang up for this. Yeah, you know, now Vrabel has done that pretty much his whole time as a head coach. This is the first time I really didn't see that. 
uh, which is it's okay. Uh, you know, so I, I think he still should have said those things. We and he did after the game. He did say we got our coached. We got we got beat in the trenches. We we got beat all over the place. So there was no excuses. So he did admit to that, and, and you have to when you get beat like that, regardless if it's your fault and you had the greatest game plan or not. That's you know that's what happens when you're the head coach. And the quarterback, you got to take all the blame and you get all the glitz and the glory when you win. Uh, so, yeah, I think he took ownership of that. I, I don't think I have an issue with that. Uh, I think he, he's more about being disciplined, about doing your job and then play fast and play hard. Uh, and then know how to tee the defense of not, uh, you know, getting a penalty. Uh, and that's one of the things because it's a reflection on him as a coach. And I understand why he took it personally because then you don't have a disciplined team. And that's a reflection of you as a coach. So that he, he that's one of the things he wouldn't stand for, and I, I completely agree with him. Uh, he can call guys out in front of him, but uh, yeah, I, I just don't. I don't like the way he said it, you know, uh, because you know, if a player would have said I played like that, how was it have been perceived too as well, right? Can you say that? You can say, hey, we we stunk it up, we we played horribly, uh, we feel really bad at this point, and uh, we need to fix it. And only people who can fix it is us. It's us. I was thinking about this. What if Amy Adams Strunk had come out and said, you know, maybe she had been caught by a camera crew or something. They're like, well, you know, what you think about today was the opener. Yeah, the crowd was great. What you think about on field? We played like something that rhymes beep, with beep. fit. Yeah, right. See, I don't think she would have done that. I don't think she would have done that. Right. <laughs> now, yeah, remember Bud Adams gave the, the double finger, <laughs> but there was no words to that. <laughs> so right? It was implied words. So. You know, hey, man, it is what it is. Uh, it, it was a disappointing loss, and I understand the frustration behind it all. Uh, so, you know, you can be tic-tac-y if you want. But at the end of the day, everybody's getting ripped and nobody's happy. And, uh, you know, now you get to move on and start studying uh, for another NFC uh, West opponent who's really good, who the quarterback, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, who was on last night on a Monday night game, did a pretty good job with Peyton, uh, you know, the the Mannings. Uh, live is uh, just seems like he's a little more passionate. And I say that and because he usually doesn't show a lot of emotion like he was showing in the Colts game. Mm-hmm. Every time he was pumping his fist to the ground, I saw a new level of, uh, of uh, excitement from him. I think he's out to prove a mission. I, I, really? I, I don't, I don't know why I, I hadn't seen that. I mean, he's usually that calming demeanor stay, you know, you know, never too high, never too low guy. Uh, even when you watch him in the interviews, that's how he is. He feels like, man, you just played in the game. You're so monotone. We just had a general conversation, and, yeah, we got to – no. I, I'm, defensive guys are always going to be, you know, hyped up a little bit just because that's what it takes to play defense Right. as you listen to me. So, uh, yeah, I just said this one here is going to be a, ooh, humdinger of a game. Yeah, because I know the Titans are not going to put on – that face that they showed uh, this past Sunday. I'm going to drop another egg in the nest this week, you don't think? Lay nah, another nah, but it's going to take their best effort to take down oh, Mr. Russell Wilson. Yeah, and, and the 12th fan and everybody else they mm-hmm. got. Uh, Anthony, as we continue to put out an APB for Jimmy Himes, Anthony wants to talk very well on the Titans as well. What's up, Anthony? What's going on, guys? What's that? Hey, my one, my one thing, everybody's been talking about the offense and everything, which I, I strongly believe the offense can be corrected. We put up points last year. I think it will just take a minute maybe to gel together, and we'll get the points. The thing that concerns me the most is the defense. We gave up 38 points on week one. You know? So, and that and my other comment was, uh, 
how much longer does it take for uh, before he becomes uh, the next head coach on the hot seat? And I'll uh, hang up and listen. Anthony, appreciate the call on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Guys, he's got four straight winning seasons. Yeah, yeah. They won the division last year. It's going to take a lot. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, There's I, mean, no I, matches, I was about to say, that's no a new point in my mind. His seat is like a block happen. of ice right yeah. now. Yeah, it will. And one thing that he said now, reason why the, the pendulum, you know, kind of leans toward the offense, because the expectations that they will put up 30 or more points right. all the time. And the defense was horrific until the playoffs, pretty much the whole season. You could say a game or here or two there. But, yep. you know, so – so I thought the defense, considering who they were playing in that style of offense, was it, it wasn't winning, but it wasn't horrible. I mean, we would walk away from games last year horrible. Well, guess what? We walked away from them. Well, we added Julio, so now it went from we're gonna average thirty points to you know thirteen. Well, no. it's the same two numbers. It was thirty one. Flipped, <laughs> flipped it. Yeah. So I, I just think uh, a lot of things have to happen on offense. As I forewarned everyone in training camp, is that new OC. You don't live off what you did last year because all coaches tell you this all the time, and I'm sure Vrabel hit on this. <laughs> that was last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't care if you even win the Super Bowl. That was last year. Doesn't mean even if you have everybody back, doesn't mean you're going to rekindle all those things. It just doesn't happen that way in sports. I, I know we want to assume that it will, but it doesn't for whatever reason. I can't even tell you why it doesn't. I really don't. <laughs> there's there's luck. There's you know injuries. There's you don't have the mojo. Maybe a player or two have not as good as they were. Maybe some new players you figure out halfway through the season are better than they were the year before, and you need to lean on them more. There's a lot of tentacles moving around here, um, and let alone a new OC in DC. And you you can't think oh. Whoa, the same players with Julio. We're going to do great. It's just a new OCR. Oh, he's playing good. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. Arthur Smith was pretty good. And the floor before him was solid. So, uh, no, you can't make that assumption. To me, besides the running the ball, the offense, I don't know if they did anything that was different. I thought he would do something, just add a few things to make it look different, but it's running the same things. I thought he would move guys around, which they probably did, but it just – they just didn't have rhythm and flow. Yes. Once they couldn't run the football, I always think when you're an offensive team, what is your plan B? Right. What is your plan B? And the plan B was when it came out half, they said, okay, no huddle. I would have done that till they stopped us. Because that's the only time Tannehill looks like he was starting to get into a little bit of rhythm. You're helping out your, your offensive lineman by throwing quicker passes. Then, you know, Arizona figured that out. So they start sitting on routes. Uh, so then that made them get tighter. So then you go downtown. Well, can do you have time to block them up to go downtown? You know, so they did. You know, there was a lot of things that went bad. So I've always said when you're a running team, which is you're trying to maximize Derrick Henry's ability. But when someone shuts that down for a half, you have to have that counter punch. It's just like being a boxer or anything else in sports as a coach. Uh, we can go to uh, who played in the NBA championship. Milwaukee versus who did they play? Phoenix. <laughs> Phoenix. Of right. Course. The first game you thought, oh my gosh, everybody saw what <laughs> Milwaukee should have been doing after yeah. the first half. But he didn't counter punch until the next game. And then once he figured it out, he had them and they boat raced him. Yeah. Right. See? So, you know, sometimes you see things sooner than later. Uh, and that's coaching, you know. And uh, so I, I'm not, uh, I'm more disappointed that they came out and look flat than anything else. Uh, 
I thought it was going to be a good game. I thought it was going to be a close game. And I thought it was a coin toss game. And then when the kicker wasn't there, going into the game, this is my thought process. Oh, that could cost us. Not that you'd go out there and get boat raced. And every player in that locker room, let alone the coaches, are going to take that personal. Because if you don't, then you need not to be playing. You need not to be coaching. It's personal. They brought a can of you-know-what, and they outcoached us, they outplayed us, and they whooped our butts. Can't have it. The Cardinals had like four penalties on the first drive. That was the only thing that the Titans were able to stop them on. Remember, that was just penalty after penalty. They were still up 10 to nothing. Yeah, Kyler Murray kept looking at him like, oh, again? He thought he had a good play. He'd yep. run around. Oh, what? Oh, again? So yep. it's, it's not like. And the not, defense was holding the field goals at times. Yeah. Instead of touchdowns. So for what it's worth. You talked about this a lot. And it's funny. I, I, I told you I have all these notes, and in our two hours, we just fly by. There's a lot of things I'm like, I'm going to hold on to this. We didn't cover it today. I'm going to hold on to this. We didn't cover it yesterday either. But there was a story this summer from PFF, and it had a weakness from every team. It goes back like three weeks ago. I've, I've still got the really? notes. What did it say? And it said the one weakness for the Titans was, and I laughed when I read it because I know you're, you're a Tannehill fan. You love what he brings to the team, all mm-hmm. the tools that he's got. But you said, here's the one thing. I'm just saying this because we've never seen it. Could they come out in a game where they can't run the ball? They're just like, Tannehill, we're going to throw it 52 times if they go win the game. Go win it. Go win it. I've said that the whole time. All the whole time. Even in big moments, though. I think he's done a little bit in the regular season. But in the playoffs, can you? Because that's when you're playing the elite teams. Right. And things aren't going to go your way. It's not, it never goes as it seems. So you got to find another way to crack that egg and, and win the game. And Tannehill. Now, to be honest, I don't. Tannehill hasn't played well, in my opinion, in training camp. As I keep saying about the interceptions, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. He didn't do that last year, so I'm not going to give him a pass because he played well last year. And that's where I think a lot of people are making mistakes. No, you're only as good as how you're actually playing right now. Uh, he, in this game now, that was tough sledding. I mean, he wasn't getting a lot of protection. I still feel like his time is off. He was either throwing the ball like a uh, heat-seeking missile, <laughs> or he was a little behind and late on throws. He threw two egregiously behind on plays. Yeah. Both of those could have been picked off. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if that's because he had COVID and I don't like to make excuses because once you line up, nobody cares about any of that. As a player, oh my ankle is sprained, but I'm still gonna play. Don't nobody's talking about that when you're you're running chasing the receiver. Right. <laughs> so hey, you, it affects everybody differently. Uh you know, we know all these guys are tough. So they wouldn't be in the league, but he, he just didn't Besides, he wasn't getting protection. He still wasn't on point when there was opportunities. And then some receivers let him down on some drops. I mean, Julio, for one, on that drop. He wouldn't even expect the ball. It looked like until it got there, and he put his big paw up, and it stopped it, but he didn't grab it and pull it in. Swain, I mean, you got to pull that in, even though the DB, Buda Baker, had a great play. Yeah. You got you to gotta catch that thing. You got to know where the defender's at. Well, at the same time, too, as big as you are, if you're Swain, just, I mean, you use your giant body to shield him off as well as you can. Hit him right in the hands. He thought he had it, and he was pulling it to tuck. Yep. And Buda Baker, bam. So, you know, it's just a, that's what I'm saying. Just little things that could have made differences, and I think that's what Vrabel was trying to hit on. Just even that, that would have been a first down or maybe been third and one uh, when Julio got the penalty. Uh, so, and then it's turned into third and 16. See? So that, those little plays there kills momentums early in the game, and boom, there you go. Defense back on the field. We're exhausted. We just got off the field, and they drove it down on us. So we'd give us a little help, you know. So they couldn't ball control. They couldn't block them. 
it was just one of those days. I had written this down again. I, I'm going through all my notes here. I'm like a pack rat. I keep all my notes. And, and I thought about this. Um, it was 17 to six, third and 10, 627 to go in the second quarter, 17 to six, Arizona. It was third and 10. And that was the play where Kyler Murray went back to pass. And he held the ball for I, eons. I didn't do stop. The NFL watch. standards. Now, to the credit, they were probably chasing him. They were chasing him. But he was still under control and bought time. And you can't. And it, is that the one he threw on the sideline? Yes. Yep. You know how many seconds it was? I have no idea. I saw Simmons rush. I mean, chasing him. And I thought, oh, oh, he's about to get him. Nope. nope. He stopped in a quick second and went back the other way and then stopped and then launched it. Woo! I was like, oh, my. I went back. I went back and I, and I counted. I'm sure my wife was like, are you okay? Because you watched the same play. Six seven seconds. Times. Have her. More. Oh, wow. Nine. Blaine. Not from the snap, hitting his hands. Nine seconds. Right. And what are you supposed to do? Especially if you're getting pressure and you just can't contain them. It, that, seriously. Now, <laughs> it wasn't like they, you know, uh, it wasn't like last year's defense where there was no heat at any time. They they were getting pressure enough to make him feel uncomfortable. He was still finding a way to buy time, and he was doing it so casually and so easily. That's why I say we're about to see senior this week with Russell Wilson senior, and that was Russell Wilson Jr. I mean, a la slash Kyler Murray. Yep. Yeah, that's that's that. If you want to say his carbon copy of what his game is, is that. He's probably a, actually a better runner than Russell Wilson. To be, yeah. Russell Wilson doesn't run weed options. No. Nah. nah he, 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 he runs around to buy time to throw the football. Uh, so, my, you know, Murray has both. He likes running. He, he likes running. The thing about Russell Wilson, and it, it took a few years, I think, for everybody to really understand People are like, oh, he's a running quarterback. He's a running quarterback. And then one day, it's like one person figured out, was like, I just realized he doesn't run across the line of scrimmage. He just runs in circles. And then Lockett or whomever, they always have a deep threat guy. And then eventually, he'll just unleash one down the field. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. Oh, got that quick release. Get rid of the ball. But they, they, they got something. Lockett, Metcalf, Everett at, at tight end. That guy's a proven dude from the Rams. He's legit now. Yeah. People, they, they better be ready. Do you need more smaller people maybe to, to try to chase a quarterback like that? Do you, do you kind of change your personnel a, a little bit? Do you Maybe I might have went into the game with a package where I have a spy on them, right. and maybe I'm using a DB, or maybe you could even use Jayon Brown, mm-hmm. who's kind of got the safety background. He can run around and chase them. Uh, and I don't know. They might have had that in, uh, you know, a, a, that certain guys, you know, I heard somebody say something about using Farley as that guy. No, no, you can't do that. He's not a quick space, quick twitch movement guy. He's a long, lengthy guy that runs vertically really well. Mm-hmm. This Kyler Murray guy is is a quick jitterbug. That's not you. So you want the guy who's used to doing that. So you're talking about a linebacker or like a Molden or somebody like that, those dime guys who are used to being in those short, quick spaces and, and are great at open field tackling. Uh, and I'm talking about when you're in a bind, not in an open field tackling when you're out on the edge. Totally different mechanism to that. So 
they might have, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you would have had an answer for him anyway, to be honest. That's what he brings to the table. Yeah. And I think their coach also, Cliff Kingsbury, has figured out what style he can actually run of that version of their rate in the NFL to be successful. Because he had tight ends out there. Right. Last year he wasn't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think he did it more often. Evolving, yep. And then as the offense was getting his mojo and momentum, he said, okay, I can open up more. I can open up more, you know, and do more things because we got him on the ropes. And so they're thinking about other things. So, you know, you know no back and five receivers is no issue. All right, Alvin in Nashville is on the line. Alvin, hold on the, the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. I promise you we'll get right back to you after the break, but we do need to take one. Uh, Jimmy Himes, if you're in Knoxville listening, you see Jimbo. Tell him uh, we're looking for him. <laughs> we'll get back to more of this next, uh, including your phone calls. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Thanks to Alvin in Nashville for holding through the break. Uh, always great to hear from you guys on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. We'll just uh, we'll just keep talking some NFL football, Titans, and more. I think Alvin wants to talk about uh, – you want to get more into this quarterback of the Cardinals talk, is that right? No, uh, y- y'all had answered a question to, uh, before the break. I, was, I, was, uh, I wanted to ask the hitman a question. Uh, being that you played before and you watch how – Todd Downing called the game. A questionable call that I had mm-hmm. as a fan, like I said, I'm just a fan. I I, I play right. high school football, that's it. But one question I have is, why do a play-action pass when you have not established a run? <laughs> not only have you not established a run, you had nothing going on offense. It was to the point where, you know, back it was it was one time after, before you before well, after you retired, the times were so bad, I was literally at home just, like, really just calling out, okay, yeah, it's about to be a run. Yeah, it's about to be a short right, pass. Right, right. I could call out every mm-hmm. play. That's how I felt with Ty Downing. And my last question to you here, man, let me ask you a question. When it comes to uh, John Robinson, you're, okay, I understand you're supposed to draft for the future. But what is the point of keep drafting players that you cannot put out there right now to make some kind of immediate impact? If you're trying to win now, meaning the Super Bowl now, you need players that can play now. I'm going to hang up and listen. Well, I, I guess I'm going to address, I'll let Mickey address the, the draft picks and everything else. Uh, with the play-action pass, and I get it, it's easy because I sit there and do the exact same thing and sit there and play, you know, <laughs> sit on the couch or I'm quarterback guy, you know, and I go play-action pass. But guess what? They also do know the players. Guess what? They always going to bite on that cheese. And they know the king is the offense. Mm-hmm. So they're still going to bite up on the play action pass, and that'll give them just enough, even if they don't have the running game. Because if you go watch film of the Titans, they're very patient. Fans aren't, but they're very patient. They stick with the running game to it's almost, even when they're not establishing the running game, it's still impacting the game, and they're still going to try to continually run the football. That's just their style. That's their identity. That's what they're going to do. So the teams have been watching film in the Arizona Cardinals, especially the first game, is they're going to run here. They're going to run. They're going to run. They're going to run. And so you eventually, even though you're stopping the run, you do not think that they are not going to stop running the football because they have shown over history that they will continue to pound you even if they're 
not gaining any yards. That's why. I know it makes no sense, but that then that's why you're still play action pass because you want to get the linebackers to come up and so you can throw behind them. Just like in college, they run the RPO, and then the quarterback pulls it out and just throws it because he has to address the running game directly at the linebacker. So that that's really it. And so you're just trying to get some plays, some positive plays. So I, And I get it. After so much, you know, hey, hey, I was out there with 80 George, and, you know, 80 George left, 80 George right. I mean, so it was like, oh, man, if they go three and out, you'd be like, oh, man, I need more rest, man. Oh, my God, can I get a – please get a first down. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting on the bench. You're like, oh, my, please, I need just three more, four more plays. Give me four. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be ready to go out here like gangbusters again. So I, I get it. Uh, everybody's frustrated, uh, you know, and so you don't – get too far off of what you are until the game. Do you think, okay, I only have so many possessions. And I think that's why in the second half, they start saying, okay, let's do a little bit thing. Let's, let's Tannehill go no huddle and call plays. And cause there's only so many possessions in a game, especially in a half and quarter. And Vrabel is great at managing the clock and understanding that. And that's why they started that. I just wish they would have done it again, but I think they were trying to stay in counter punch and thinking, you know, Arizona was going to be ready for that. Uh, they they still weren't, and they came back and ran the football, and then, it, you know, they weren't getting yards. Oh, by the way, when they came back and they were running the football, it opened up the running lanes for Henry. Sure. It did. It did. So, you know, that's, you know, it, but that's, you know, that's playing the cat and mouse, and most of these coaches, and when I say cat and mouse, it's kind of like playing chess. You know, you're already thinking about your counter move and what they're going to do to counter what you're doing. You're trying to stay a step ahead as a coach, and that's what Vrabel is really good at. I really believe that, and he's done a good job since he's been the head coach. As far as the draft thing, how long have I been talking about this? I know. You got 33 games from the draft class last year. They played 33 total games. You drafted eight guys this year. Four of them played on Sunday. Caleb Farley played a little bit. That's your first-round draft pick. We have no idea when he'll be ready to be a major contributor to the team. Dylan Radens didn't dress. Monty Rice, uh, third-round pick, played a little bit. Elijah duty. Uh, Elijah Special Bolt, teams. Right. Uh, death guy. Elijah Bolden played the by far the most significant role of anybody, and he had a couple of welcome to the NFL moments, but he'll get better. Yeah. He, and he's got, like you mentioned earlier, uh, he could be a spy. He's got lots of different skill sets. They'll figure out mm-hmm. how to use it, and I feel like he's going to figure out how to use it. Des Fitzpatrick got cut. That was a fourth-round pick. Rashad Weaver's a fourth-round pick. He didn't dress. Racing McMath, of all people, made the team and dressed, played special teams. And then Brady Breeze, I think, now is on COVID reserve, and he was on injured reserve. So he's just on some kind of The only one that's contributing, really, is Elijah Molden. That's tough. And then last year, we know about Panda. Panda? Who was the second? Fulton was second-round pick. So he's contributing this year. better than anybody on defense this this week. Uh Darrington Evans, I mean, Uh, just being betrayed by his soft tissue. Rel Murchison, who played he played eleven games. Oh, he's contributing a lot this year. Though. Yeah, he, big, he Murch, big Murch is in the is in the uh, is in the the pecking order there, a defensive line. And then you got the quarterback Cole McDonald, who as soon as he got to the mainland here, they Two were weeks like, he was out. Hey man, Hawaii seems nice. Here's the ticket to head right back there. And then Chris Jackson, who didn't play this week, was hurt. It's a hamstring, but he considering he was a late round, set what seventh round, seventh guy. round pick, he, and you like him a lot beginning. last year. Yes, uh, and I think he's a good backup uh, in this league. Uh, you feel comfortable, but uh, so to the caller's point, though, two years of not a lot of contribution from your draft picks, and that's how you yeah. try to build your team. So then let's reverse it. Then Vrabel, without that, 
has still done a pretty freaking good job yeah. without a lot of contribution from the draft picks of the last two classes. Nothing last year. So I, I think there's some conversations I'm sure to be had with Vrabel and Jr. <laughs> now, now to the point. Now, even some of the the signings, which you could say is on Jr., but that you know they had a relationship with Vrabel. We could talk about the cornerback. We could talk about Clowney. We, you know, they just cut the what's the kid the, the outside linebacker they cut that they signed from Ohio State. He's not a Simon. They cut him. I mean, so so a lot of guys that he had relationships that I'm sure Vrabel. I'm just assuming that had relationships with also didn't produce what we thought they would either. Uh, you know, so but I think Beasley was all on Vrabel though. <laughs> so it's yeah, that there there are definitely conversations, and I think uh, Vrabel. I would say has done a better job at his job than actually Jr. If you want to give him a grade, mm-hmm. these last two years, yeah. and it's hard to draft and predict what a college player will do in the pros. Yeah. But here's where I'm different, and I could be totally wrong. But the guys that have played in the league, you know what they are, and you're signing them as free agents. You you shouldn't miss miss on those. And that very rarely, very rarely. We can't miss this break. Lucas is in our ear. So we'll take a break. We come back. Uh, Tommy's on the line. Cousin P, a lot of people want to talk Titans. And guess what? We'll take your calls on the Mark's Main Real Estate Hotline. And Coach Mack is going to join us in the next hour. So we're going to keep the Titans talk going. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone.